who will survive? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountis, and with me is Eric Sanchez. How is it going, Eric? Mr. Back the Arena Sanchez, how's it going? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it, it's going pretty good. I keep looking at the numbers now. We're oh. up over uh, 3,000 mm-hmm. on the uh, Unlock the... What is it called? Unlock the unlock Arena. The, unlock the Arena. Unlock the Arena. Good yeah. stuff. We'll talk about that and as well as everything else on this week's show, which was a kind of listener suggestion. Thought I threw out a few suggestions like, hey, what should we do? And this came back as one of them was what we're going to talk about today, which is the Coliseum Video WWF Super Tape, the very first one, the famous one with Brutus Beefcake and Hogan on the cover behind a blue steel cage. Talk about that and a lot of fun stuff this tape had to offer and more fun wrestling figure talk and nostalgia talk and everything else we do here at the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, appreciate that. You can find all of our past shows on your favorite podcast app. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll get all the episodes for free and all the new ones going forward. And you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can follow the show's Instagram account at PPW underscore podcast. That's it for proper stuff. We have a ton to talk about today. Not a lot of time. And first off, let's talk about this, the back the arena thing. What made you decide, okay, I'm going to throw down 250 bucks because you are not a guy to just throw money at anything. So what made you decide to back this Mattel Creations arena? I keep seeing it, and then I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out the values of this stuff. And, you know, if anything, I don't know, the ring just looks so cool and that light-up uh, entrance deal. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, if, I get, if I get it, if it goes through, you know, I'll sell the diesel because I already have a diesel, and then, you know, maybe I'll get some money back that way. But I don't know, it just looks really cool, and I like the idea of it being, like, limited edition. Like, sure. You, you, if we fund all of this, it doesn't go into production like other things for, like... Um, mm-hmm crowdfunding it's just like kind of just to get things going but i mean this is it i was reading more into it and then the macho man kind of just pushed me a little bit over the edge so i'm like all right i need it yeah (laughs) i i need an announcing table i need i need those little monitors i need the chairs i i I doubt we'll get to the doink because that's seven thousand backers but Mm -hmm. um, i think a lot of it what's happening is the push for at least by tomorrow well, today's the yeah, well, 12th, so, today's so tomorrow the 12th. will be the 13th. So, so if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, so if you are listening to this on Friday, you have until 9 o'clock Pacific time to get your order in to be guaranteed the bonus early bird Macho Man Ultimate Edition from WrestleMania 10. Yeah, so I'm afraid if, um, say we get, we, because I'm part of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we get to like 4,000, that's just hope, wishful thinking. I think it's going to drop off because I think the early bird people are being like, well, I don't really want it. Like that, that missed out on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's oh, true. I don't know. I do. Th- I, that's a very good point. I think the next, you know, 24 hours are going to be huge because if you're on the fence, like why wouldn't you do the early bird for the extra figure? 
it's the yeah. same price. I, I'm kind and of, they don't charge you until it goes through. So you, I think you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can put your credit card in. Nothing gets charged until the twenty second if it hits five thousand. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still skeptical that it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, th- it's it's been a slow yeah. crawl to get to this three thousand. Are well, there... since I've done it, there's been over five hundred people that have done it. Right. So but, I'm, but back, that makes me hopeful. Back to your point, though, if it, I think if it doesn't get backed by Friday, or at least very, very yeah. close to that, it's going to mm-hmm. be uh, who's who's going to do it? Who would have been waiting that wouldn't have done it? You know? Yeah. We'll see. And another, I posted on Twitter, and this was something I kind of wanted to share here was if you one can't afford it. Which a lot of people can. Honestly, like 250 bucks is not something I'm looking to spend right now or can, but we'll see what I end up doing by tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and if you, or if you just don't need it or don't want an arena, don't feel shamed into doing it or be felt down because you're not doing it. You're not any less of a collector or any part of Well, a, here's another thing. thing. Like if you do, if you do get it, you know, there's a resale value to it too. You're not going to lose money. Everyone see everyone keeps saying that there's a resale value to it, but is there? Because wouldn't the people who resale it just be buying it now? What are you waiting for? You would think so. You know, you know this is going to be limited. I, I could, I could see there being a resale yeah. value for some of the stuff. Like, oh, I only, if I was, I only want Macho Man, or I don't want the whole set. You know? Yeah. If I wasn't as big into the figure stuff, and mm-hmm. I was just like a random wrestling fan on Twitter, I don't know if I would know about this. Okay. You don't think? Well, even with Kevin Nash tweeting it out. Well, I don't know. I don't follow Kevin Nash. Well, you should. I, I shared that from. I shared that from someone else. I'm like, oh shit. Big Daddy Cool's talking about this. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it'll be it's cool and I'm, it's exciting and I don't know. I, I also the only thing I'm also not a fan of is this isn't necessarily Mattel doing it. They're just being reality. But other people saying mm-hmm. if we don't do this now, we'll never get another thing again. It's like all right, well, maybe they should have done research and figured out what people really wanted. Because is there a demand yeah. for new generation stuff? Do you think? No. No. I, don't, I don't think so either. But at the same time, it's so cool. And I yeah. hope it gets backed because I want to see all the fig photography stuff with it. I want to see that ultimate macho man. It, 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 I don't know if you saw Bill McKenna kind of tweeted out or Instagrammed out his prototype copy of the LED entranceway. Yeah, I, and, I saw that. Like three of three of the seven. Uh, yeah, it's pretty modes. sweet. It's pretty yeah. sweet. So. Here's what I think. I, I'm extremely positive about this stuff, yeah. hence the name of the show. Sure. So I, I think if we hit 5,000, we're going to get those uh, ring skirts and maybe the doink. You think they're going to kick know, it in? Just to say, you know what? Yeah, why not? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it depends on cost and all that stuff, too. I mean, I could see the it's ring always, skirts. It's always a maybe. The ring skirts is a bonus, but I mean, those ring skirts were what, like $4? 5 bucks. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so let's not get crazy yeah. with it. Uh, did you have you purchased anything else lately? Any wrestling stuff you've kept an eye on or bought? Um, yeah, I kind of just went uh, fig hunting the other night. I'm like, you know what? I'm I got nothing going on. I got a I got some money to blow. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go check out some targets because I'm seeing the uh, the legends or this yeah. yeah the legends eleven showing up in targets and you know a couple things I want from Walmart was the office Walmart's uh, exclusive Funko Pop. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit up a couple of Walmarts. I'm going to hit like four or five different towns, hit up the Targets and the Walmarts and all those areas. All I found, none of the Targets had the Series 11 or the Legends 11. Um, I found a Chase Lacey Evans. Not a big score, but, you know, for me to buy her in the red shorts instead of the blue ones is more, I think, Lacey. So anyways, I got the Chasey Lacey Evans basic. The Chasey Lacey? I, found, <laughs> I like The Chasey Lacey from... Uh, 
Walmart? From Target. And oh. then, uh, and then uh, Phyllis from The, the Office. Yep. I found her at a, at a Walmart. Nice. So I was like, I want Oscar too, but I can't find him. And I'm going to pay 20 bucks on eBay unless I have to. Well, I'll keep an eye out for him. You should check Disc Replay. They, they usually get the Chase one sometimes, too. Like exclusive. They only charge like an extra like couple, like 12 bucks instead of 10 So you should check them out. Oh, okay. That's good. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I picked up uh, the Andre the Giant Japan Super 7 figure from Big Bad Toy Store. and I didn't even know that was a thing. It's awesome. It's a great thing. I don't know if you saw I tweeted it out. It's, it looks fantastic. <laughs> uh, Big Bad Toy Store, by the way, if you're a collector, I know some people have used them before, highly recommend them for their shipping options because... They're, they have an option. It's like, do you want collector-grade shipping? And it's only an extra two bucks mm-hmm. for them to make sure it's extra packed and everything. So if you yeah. want it mint on card, I'm going to keep this one on card. <clears throat> it, it looks I kind of want to buy another one to open. They're just awesome. He's got the beer can, the face scans. These Super 7 figures don't look as good in their photos, kind of the, like the studio shots, as they do in person. So highly recommend if you're on the fence about this one, pick it up. I think as of right now, Big Bad Toy Store is the only one that has it in stock. Entertainment Earth mm-hmm. is out of stock. Uh, Ringside's out of stock. I haven't seen anywhere else. I think Super 7's out of stock, too. So check out Big Bad Toy Store. And they charge much more than retail? No, it was the same price. It was 40 bucks. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And uh, nothing else really for me. Um, I've, been, I've just, you know, I've been browsing the aisles, but I keep seeing some AEW figures randomly pop up, but it's usually just one, and then I come back the next day, it's gone. So... People are out right. here. People are still buying it. And like you, I'm seeing everyone find those legends in the shelf. The only ones I've found so far was Big John Stud at a Target a few weeks ago. And I heard that the Big John Stud got shipped separately. So that makes sense why he was on the shelf. Four of them oh, on the okay. shelf. I picked up a couple, uh, sent a couple over to Scott and Jeff at Fully Posable because they were looking for it. And that's kind of cool. I think that one may be harder to find because it was shipped okay. separately. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, a Target in Tinley by us. Their clearance is going on still because they're doing like a toy reset, you can kind of tell. And mm-hmm. the Bobby Heenan Elite weasel suit was down to five bucks, so I had to pick that up, even though I have one. Oh, where, where was that at? Uh, Target clearance. and Tinley. Yeah, I know, but what aisle? There's, there's a clearance aisle. It was just a clearance aisle. Okay. Yeah, because I've been there twice this past week. I, well, I was there yesterday. I, I was there yesterday. I they got one left. If you want to go grab one, there was what, I was there yesterday. <laughs> I, I've got him nah, open. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, mean I wasn't going to buy it. I'm like, you know what? For five bucks, I'm going to pick him up and. You always supported Bobby Heenan. Sure, good stuff. Uh, another- yeah, a lot of the upcoming things I'm I'm kind of wrote down the list that I want. I want the uh, Elite eighty eight Riddle. Okay. Um, there's an Elite eighty nine Drew McIntyre with his uh, um, kilt and his big sword. Yeah. The Elite eighty nine Damian Priest I want. Elite ninety one RVD. Man, you got you, um, you better start hitting like a side hustle or something to pay for all these figs. That's a list. Okay. You know, I get them as they come out. I mean, they're not out right now. Yeah. Um, the Royal Rumble Yokozuna, you know, probably in the fall or, mm-hmm. I don't know, Alexa Bliss, the, the, uh, what would you call her? I don't know. Uh, Lily's person? Li- yeah. The, the, okay. Lily, li- Lily, Lily's mother. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So those are the ones I wrote down. I'm like, there's a lot of different things wrestling related. I'm kind of getting back into. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Never fall out of love with wrestling. No, it's fun. All right, we talked some current stuff to start with all the figure talk and all the things going on in the figure community. Again, if you want to support the arena, the Mattel creations, you have until Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So go place the order if you want to get the early bird special. You do have until the 22nd to complete it, but get that early bird special. This week, like I mentioned, we're talking super tape 
Coliseum video. And I think a lot of people wanted this because they have the similar stories as I do. It seems like every video store had this one. And I rented the shit out of this tape. Did you ever rent this? Or is this the first time you've ever watched Super Tape? No, this looks familiar. Okay. So, so, you had so I'm to sure have. I rented it. Yeah, you yeah. had to have. Do you remember the, the cover art of Hogan and, and Beefcake behind the cage? Not really. Okay. No. Okay. What, what was your go-to tape to rent when you would go to the video store for wrestling? Did you have a, a standard or was it always try to find something different? It was always try to find something different. I didn't really have a go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, like different uh, video stores had different tapes. You know, sometimes I'd see it. I'm like, well, you know, I already saw this one. Maybe I'll watch it again. Those were usually like the Survivor Series matches with the Hulkamaniacs yeah. and the Warriors. And, um, you know, the Survivor Series ones I probably rented the most of anything. But everything else was kind of like... It wasn't even always WWF stuff. It might have been some random wrestling tape. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. And, you know, nobody I knew. <laughs> and I thought it was dumb. Was there a it, but. category for you? Like, uh, I'm going to flip the back of this tape over and like, okay, Ultimate Warriors on this tape, I'm going to rent it. Or, you know, so-and-so's on it, I'm going to rent it. Yeah, it was always... Um, yeah, I think when I got old, well, a little bit older, you know, Razor Ramon. So if I saw like an AWA tape... oh. It was uh, it was Scott Hall. I'm like, oh, I know Scott Hall, or I know Mister, or I know Kurt Hennig. You know, that's how I found out their names were yeah. these tapes from. It was a video. God, I forgot the name of it. It was in Oak Park. Oak Park. Remember Oak Park Avenue? Oak Park in Avenue. Tinley Park. Oh yeah, that was the video store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the video store that I remember that one because their membership cards had records on them for some reason, <laughs> yeah. and they had everything. They had so many wrestling tapes, and that was one mm-hmm. where I didn't go to it till I was probably in high school because my parents weren't going to drive me out there. It wasn't, it wasn't even far, but like we got two video stores in walking distance. We're not driving you to find more wrestling tapes. You're weirdo. It felt far when you were a kid. You're like, Holy cow. I'm in a totally different town. Yeah. It's like (laughs) two miles away, three miles. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, But going back to that, I think uh, ultimate warrior demolition. um, I mean, Hogan, you know, I I obviously recognize him Mm -hmm. and, you know, just other uh, people that I, I was kind of into, Jake the Snake. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, if I if I knew one or two of them, I'm like, well, I'm going to check this out. It was it was also cool when there were people I didn't know who it was that I could kind of feel like, oh, I'm discovering these guys for the first time. And Mine was always definitely Hogan. If Hogan was on the tape okay. and I flipped it over, I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm in. I'm renting this. You know, I, I know at least there's going to be one good match. And I, mm-hmm. and what I mentioned I rented this tape a ton. And flipping it back on, I've watched it. Not relatively recent, but rec- but you know, within the past year or two, I've seen this tape again. And mm-hmm. when watching it again today, I remember thinking, like, I must have fast-forwarded through a lot of this stuff as a kid and only focused on the matches that appeared to be shot at TV tapings. Because the house show-style matches that they recorded for these Coliseum tapes, I don't yeah. remember watching a lot. And I'm sure that was because, to me, as a fan, it didn't make sense that it looked different than what I saw on Saturday or Sunday mornings. It had to make it had to feel the same, and it didn't with those house show matches. Yeah, I mean, looking back and just watching this, you know, last night, you know, some of those—I'm uh, not going to say dark show, um, house, house show. Yeah, they're house show matches. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they, they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were really long, though. <laughs> we'll talk about that, and uh, this tape kind of ebbs and flows. But at the same time, it was two hours, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy long. It's yeah. got a lot of filler a lot of fun segments and things like that it's it's a lot of fun but i would say you know everyone knows that i'm the the vhs guy you know i love tapes and wrestling tapes and all that stuff 
And mm-hmm. just anytime I pop one of these in, it just brings me back to like that that cozy feeling of Saturday night, Friday night, you get to rent your tape and you're watching it. And I remember a lot of times for us, both my mom and dad worked on Saturdays. My They worked basically all morning and early afternoon. My mom worked at a doctor's office. My dad worked at a dealership, a car dealership. So they're working Saturdays. So my sister and I would get to go rent a tape and she was old enough to watch me. But mm-hmm. I was, even still, I was seven and I would walk up to the video store. My daughter's six. I couldn't imagine next year letting her go walk <laughs> to a video store by herself. But anyway, I would yeah. walk up there and I would have my two bucks or whatever. So that, that meant I could rent an older tape because I think new releases were three. and mm-hmm. Or I can rent a super old tape for a dollar and then take my other dollar and get a pack of baseball cards. And I remember, Hey, look at you. And I'll never forget this. Do you remember, were you a baseball card collector? Yeah. Okay. So do you remember around the time when it must have been 90 or so, 90 to 90 to 91, Upper Deck became like the premier brand. It was like the fancy brand of baseball cards and nobody yeah, wanted. Yeah, they had like hol- holographic cards and yeah. even the logo was holographic. Yeah. And nobody wanted like Don Russ or some crap or whatever it is or Bowman. You know, Tops was maybe, <laughs> but Upper Deck was the deal. And I always remember that the Upper Deck cards, I think were a dollar or 99 cents or whatever, maybe a dollar yeah. 10, whatever it was. And then the cheaper cards were 50 cents for a pack. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget the price. The price for Upper Deck was $1.17. So I'd always have to like beg my friends for like 17 cents so I'd get my tape and uh-huh. get my base pack Upper Deck cards. It was always a negotiation. <laughs> I used to buy the Don Russ and the Tops cards. I remember I had value. Uh, you know, a, a, I had binder, a binder like the uh, sports card collecting pages, and you slide them in sure. into a page. You know, I had a big binder of them because, you know, they were so cheap, and I felt like I was uh, mm-hmm. like a king of cards. I remember going over to Buddy's house. And he's looking through them. He's like, these are all crap. I'm like, what do you mean they're crap? <laughs> he's like, Don Russ? I'm like, yeah. And he's, then he showed me his cards. He's talking about how great you know, his cards are. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> thanks a lot, buddy. Well, it's ironic because now Upper Deck is not allowed to make MLB cards because really? they, they overproduced Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards and flooded the market and oh. kind of helped assist in the card market crashing before it came mm-hmm. roaring back in the last year or two. Yeah, that yeah. was just it was just a memory and and this tape brings me back there. It was this tape, it was WrestleMania eight, it was SummerSlam ninety two, like all those tapes back, renting the renting baseball renting base buying baseball cards, renting tapes. Mm-hmm. It was I good. I used times. to get comics. Okay. Okay. We would get comics like from the Spider Man con- or Batman. From the convenience store. Also we would buy the comic book trading cards, like the X Men trading cards was a thing too. Okay. Those were really Yeah, fancy. so this convenience store that was down the street for me, they had the the little arcades that I had, the mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the it had Rampage and off and on different Aerosmith uh, shooter games, whatever they were called. But sure. in the back of that, I mean, this is the convenience store. They had the, they had baseball cards, they had gum, they had candy, they had comic books, like a little comic book stand, little spinner stand, you mm-hmm. know, five front facings turning. And they also had a little video store in the back. So that was like the best for me. Cause after school, high school or whatever, I just walked there, you know, play a couple of games, uh, uh, turtles right. or, or WWF superstars and, you know, get that out of the way. Then I rent a tape because I use my lunch money because <laughs> I wouldn't you, eat lunch. You would eat lunch. You'd mo- save your money. That, that's smart. I like it. That's smart. Yeah. I'd save my money and, you know, eat crap afterwards. <laughs> hey, that's what you got to do. And I'd get a comic book or whatever and just walk home and yeah, I felt like a millionaire. Yeah. Got a couple of g- oh, games in and man. a couple of baseball cards of comics and what a time. probably a piece of, probably a candy bar. What a time. A what? What a time. What a like time. You said a candy bar or something? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Candy bar. What was your go-to candy bar? I really liked Whatchamacallit's and Kit Kats. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, I hear you. All right, back on the topic of this tape, Super Tape. So let's get started <laughs> talking back, looking back at it. First off, 30,000 view, foot view, what did you think watching this for two hours? How was it for you? I was like a time machine. Like I just kind of had it playing in the background, still paying attention to it, but still browsing the internet while it was playing. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just uh, like I was at home in 19, you know, 1991, 1990, sitting in the front of the, the big uh, CRT television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the, the tape opens up. I don't know. If you, I, so I put in the actual Coliseum video tape of this, so I may be slightly different than the Peacock version. Which, by the way, guys, it is on Peacock. You just have to search for it or go to all shows A through Z. I told Eric to find it. Super Tape One. It's on there. Yeah, you told me to do the search, and I've done the. I've tried doing the search ever since I had Peacock, and nothing ever comes up. So you're like, yeah, it's in the search. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're upgrading. It's in there. So just type Super Tape. It's a little bit better. They're upgrading. Hopefully, yeah. though, everything's good to go by SummerSlam next week, too, next Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Let's get that all set. Yeah, hopefully you can pause and <laughs> yeah, right. Next start, week. start it late and skip all the crap. Yeah. There's no crap. Come on. Anyway, this show on my tape starts off with a quick ad for WrestleMania 6 on VHS coming out. You know, you got to be there, the ultimate challenge, all that stuff. And then it opens with the WWF logo, and then it goes to various wrestlers. Uh, did yours show this, just the intro of all the wrestlers before the tape started with Sean Mooney? Um, it was the, it's like a music. Yeah. Like a music video. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking of yeah, it, all the, all the, all the wrestlers all the coming out and yeah. little signature stuff. And I was thinking like, this must've taken forever. This was cutting tape. This wasn't digital drag and drop back in 90, you know, mm-hmm. this is a lot of yeah. work there. We open up with Sean Moody in the Coliseum video studio. And he says, this is a new era in Coliseum home video at super tape. Number one, the best matches ever. He's declaring. And there's a giant Coliseum video, like sign above him, which I want give me that sign right now <laughs> Mooney I always associate with Coliseum video I think most people do he's the Coliseum video yeah. guy and then Sean has a rundown of super tape what's everything we're going to see tonight and on the tape and again kind of get you hyped ready to go and then we start off with a fan favorite match uh Matthew Mello of Long Beach California wants Mr. Perfect versus Ronnie Garvin do you think this is a real write-in postcard because i can't think of a single person outside of the dude awakening ryan <laughs> that would run ronnie garvin versus mr perfect that's their match they would want like if I, kids are writing in they're like give me hogan warrior give me hulk hogan versus a fat guy like they're not gonna do this so that that kind hey of, it's, a, it's a it's a good warm-up you know they even they even showed the postcard that didn't look like no kids handwriting no it looked like stephanie mcmahon writing it in the office for vince or something well, well she was a kid yeah i guess this match was actually pretty good. I, it's way more fun than I it had any right to be. I was a fan of this match. Like, I, I <laughs> Every time I see Ronnie Garvin, I'm like, Steve's going to hate this match. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm becoming a but Ronnie I, Garvin fan. Maybe, maybe unknowingly. But this, Mr. Perfect sold his ass off for Ronnie, bumping all mm. over the place. It was a good match. I liked it. Yes. Uh, yeah, Tony Schiavone, you know, that was a yep. one-year stint he had with W, with the, with the E or the F at the time. Yeah, Tony Schiavone um, and Lord Al on the call. I, I miss Lord Alfred Hayes. Like just him, Sean Mooney, like all this stuff just like totally takes me back. And I'm just like, oh man, what a good time. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie Garvin was able to wear the hammer jammer by approval of Jack Tunney. Yes. The little, the little leg, knee bright, knee pad, whatever. Yeah. Mr. Perfect did get the win here in a roll up in a 10 minute match. Probably could have mm-hmm. been like a six minute match, but you know, this is TV taping, house show taping type stuff. And it, it was fine. Next up, we go to the manager's profile of Bobby the Brain Heenan, where it's just Bobby in front of a green screen kind of running down 
the roster, the WWF. He calls Jake uh-huh. the Snake a thief. Um, he calls Dusty <laughs> Rose and Sapphire how much they smell. It's just it's <laughs> it's classic Bobby stuff, and I don't want to say everything he said in case you want to watch it because it'll ruin some of the jokes. But he mentioned somebody that was like a twosome, a threesome, or foursome. That was Seth, that was <laughs> Sapphire and, yeah, uh, uh, and Dusty okay. Rhodes. Yeah, <laughs> they always talked between him and Jesse Ventura. Always talk about how fat Dusty and Sapphire were. It's poor. Damn. I, we love poor Sapphire. Sapphire. We talked about this in our SummerSlam '90s show. We love Sapphire and Dusty. What, what are we doing here? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but it, it, it was. Um... You know, just pointing to the time, you know, he's talking about Hogan, Warrior, Million Dollar Man, uh, Rick the Model's Arrogance, Boss Man, Slick, Colossal Connection, Heenan Fan. Like, man, this is this is right in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like right when we both started, I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially for this. And again, this is goes back to stuff I probably fast forward to as a kid, like talking. I don't want to see talking. I want to see wrestling. So I fast forward it. But mm-hmm. now give me more. Give me more of the brain. Then we go to the WWF profile on the Bushwhackers. This is one of my favorite things in the whole tape. Mm-hmm. Gene is in a van with, I guess, a production crew looking for the Bushwhackers shack. And they're like in like the desert somewhere. And Gene's like, where's the lake? We're lost. And he's like, this is the wrong map. And they pull up to this literal shack. And Gene goes, oh, God, this can't be it. It looks like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way Gene says it looks like a toilet. I'll try to do my mean gene impression. Oh, this can't be it. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I a mean, toilet. He's got his glasses on. He's got this big paper map. I mean, if you're old enough, you remember these. He's yeah. got like five or different maps. He's unfolding them, crackling them, and all that <laughs> stuff. He's like, which way are you going? And then they're like, watch out for the ramp. And they like do a camera cut of like this car like jumping off of a hill through the desert. <laughs> yeah. And then the bushwhackers come out, and oh man, this is a. A profile on the Bushwhackers. I don't think we needed a three-match segment on the Bushwhackers, but we get it here on Coliseum Home Video. They go to the first matchup here. It is the Bushwhackers versus the Bolsheviks at a house show. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this match, right? And this match sucks, yeah. but I freaking loved it. It was so fun to watch because the Bushwhackers are just getting the crowd into it, licking people and biting noses and biting asses and doing yeah. their they... the march. There's no reason that I should love the Bushwhackers as much as I do, but I do, and this match proves Dude, it. Dude, they're they're so kid friendly and they're they're fun and they're just, they're swinging their arms back. At, they're just acting like dr- they're like they're drunk and they're screaming and oh yeah with their arms <laughs> whack, whack, <laughs> whacking around. Yeah, yay! I've tried taught my one daughter the Bushwhacker march and it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, Bushwhackers of course get the win here because it is a profile on them. And then we go back to Mean Gene, who is with the Bushwhackers. They're shack. They're grilling something, some type of bird on like a, like a half. Is that like a? We're not talking Weber grill. We're talking like a pit with some charcoal. Yeah, like in like it. a pit you'd get at the uh, like a park. Yeah, the park district pit. We're just like free grills. Like okay, I'm not using. You just those. throw some coals in there and got a little grate on it. Mm-hmm. It's buzzard meat, yeah. and Mean Gene likes it. He's like, oh, this is good. And I think Butch says that's my grandmother's recipe, buzzard recipe. Yeah, and. They, the next match they show is the Bushwhacker versus Bad News Brown, the Brooklyn Brawler. But before they go to that, me and Gene is starting to get a little bush, Bushwhacker. Well, no, that's after like, this match. Get- that's after this match that he comes oh, back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they're eating. So there's not much to talk. I mean, I don't think we need to do a breakdown of the Bushwhacker versus Brooklyn Bad Brawler and uh, Bad News Brown. In the Brawler. I don't think Bushwhacker's we to, won. I don't think we need a breakdown. <laughs> that's how you know the Bushwhacker's won. But again, we you mentioned it. We go back. 
and Gene's just saying, oh man, oh, this, this stuff is good. This is great. And he's starting to like twitch <laughs> like the, the pushback. Yeah, he's getting yeah, the he's, he's, he's transforming. <laughs> he is. <laughs> like the wolf man. <laughs> he, start, he starts. When the, when the moonlight comes out. And he starts twitching a bit. And another thing I was watching when I was watching the Bushwhackers, I think this, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a controversial take. I think this might be true. I think the Bushwhackers two-pack Hasbros are the most underrated Hasbros in the entire Hasbro line. Yeah, I was. I thought about my Hasbro's as I was watching this. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this is this is the time when I had my blue ring and the and the figures and all that stuff, and then it brought back that Christmas story. And I remember going to Toys R Us looking for Hasbro's, and I saw maybe twenty pegs full of Bushwhacker tw- two packs. Yeah, I didn't want them. I wanted like something different. I, I'm like, ah, nobody else wants them. I don't want them either. Mm-hmm. I think I was influenced by like overstocking the shelves of stuff like that. So. I wish I got them, but I, I didn't. <laughs> that, I think that's why people think they're overrated or don't think about them because they're so plentiful. Even now, they're probably, between them and the Rockers, the least expensive Hasbros out there, I would imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. You can probably okay. pick up a couple loose ones for yourself and like not too much. I'll tell you what, if I see them out there loose in the wild, I'll pick you up a pair of Bushwhackers. Okay, cool. Add them to your stuff. But I love those those figures, and I still do. I still have them. Um, and then we go back to the next match here. It is the Bushbacker versus the Powers of Pain. And this was your favorite thing where Gorilla, there's a kid in the crowd, right? And he's got a yeah, snuggle. Cute little girl. Is it, it a girl? I think it's a girl. It doesn't matter. The kid's got a snuggle okay. the bear fabric softener shirt on that the mom probably got for buying snuggle uh, fabric softener. Sure. Send, send in your UPCs. Yeah. Ten of them for a free shirt. Yeah. And Gorilla goes, there's a little whacker right there. <laughs> I wonder. Come on, I wonder Gorilla. If he did that innocently or if he did that to kind of like make himself laugh or try to make his partner laugh. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it sounded innocently as he was saying it, but, you know, maybe there's some adult humor yeah. like I, I picked up on. We when we talked about the fan, the uh, house show style. This match was almost like a fan cam. It was basically two camera shot. One yeah, far and they had that uh, behind, that ramp. Yeah, like, it was right up to the ring. It was yeah, the one far behind the ramp. Then every once in a while, we'll come close to the ring. But again, we're not going to be breaking down this match. I don't think <laughs> it's the powers of fade. But if you no, want to watch it's, it, it's a decent match. You want to watch it? Go ahead. And we come back to the final segment. Gene is officially turned into a bushwhacker. He's got the sh- the tank top on. He's whoa. He's eating the buzzards and all that stuff. <laughs> I kept waiting for them to, there to be like a big reveal, like oh, this is like possum meat. But no, it's just just buzzard. Which which Gene that's likes. it. Bushwhacker buzzard that's meat. This is I don't know if that's better than possum. This whole segment is worth your time checking out. I highly recommend you guys checking this one out. And Eric, any other things to say about? The, the whackers no it was just a lot of fun to, to watch this and i mean obviously the matches you might want to skip a little through and catch the ending of it but yeah the uh, the what do they call this the profile on the bushwhackers was was a good addition to this tape yeah they would do profiles on wrestlers a lot in these coliseum home videos and most of the time i would skip them but the cool thing was these were all matches that you would look at the back you'd rent these tapes right you'd rent coliseum videos exclusive matches and you're thinking like these are all the most magical matches. Like they are hidden and they're mm, special. They're the just, best. Just me to see, but really they're just crappy house show matches that they threw yeah. on the Coliseum video. So, but at the time when you're only real matches are enhancement talent matches and the occasional Saturday night's main event, 
These tapes are yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't see the you wouldn't see these one on one or two on two matches. You know, superstar against superstar. No, so it was fun. It was for sure. I like the segments in these too because it was different than what you saw on television. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, get to a little bit know, get to know a little bit more about these guys or that guy. And this next segment coming up was the the call of the action with Lord Alfred Hayes. Yep, which. I appreciate it. I mean, as a kid, I wanted to know what these moves were called. You know, he's talking about the Rockers. They, sh- they show a segment from one of their matches. He goes back. He's like, let's watch that again. He's like, he breaks it down. Yeah. Co- combination of moves to dazzle their opponents. And this one's called skin the cat, leapfrog, clothesline, double synchronized drop kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, this is awesome. You know, because I, I learned a lot of matches, match wrestling moves, for mostly from Gorilla Monsoon and probably Alfred Hayes, you know, the way that they called them which they don't do a lot of these days, which I wish they did. Gorilla Monsoon would always say, right in the bread basket, and I would say that all the time. My mom would be like, what are you talking about, you weirdo? <laughs> right in the bread basket. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my, no, my dad would say that because he was, um, well, he used to box, so it's like you got to hit him in the bread basket and they'll lose their wind, mm-hmm. you know, knock the wind out of him. So I, I knew that phrase. I remember, I forgot. But your, mom, but your mom didn't. No, and I think I once, he said, like, right in the popcorn machine, which I think meant hit him in the nuts. <laughs> and my mom was like, what is wrong with my son? <laughs> Stop the pop- Machine. Stop renting these wrestling tapes. You're like Kevin Owens learning English from wrestling. <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much where I learned a lot of it from. Speaking of, so my six-year-old, I think it's her last week of summer before school starts next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? If you want to hang out, because it's been rainy here and like stormy and like 100 degrees. Like if you want to hang out and watch like your favorite TV shows all day, like I don't care. It's your last week of summer. You do you. So she's been watching these shows, and today or yesterday, she kind of like said something sarcastic to my wife. My wife was like, "Who do you think you are?" And I was like, I'm "Not gonna tell her. I let her watch TV all day because that's where she got it from." <laughs> like wrestling shows, or just no, that, just all her shows. just her show. She's watching the show called like Kid Danger or something on Netflix, and it's oh, just yeah. a dumb kid show, but she likes it, and it's it's innocent enough. It's TVG, so it's okay in my book, but. I watched uh, with her yesterday Three Ninjas. Remember Three Ninjas? Did you watch that? It might have been just past your time, or you might have been a little too old for it. But it was basically yeah. I don't think I see. Yeah, that. It, it's basically uh, like kind of like Home Alone almost, where these kids okay. try to like they're so these three b- brothers uh, go every summer to their grandpa, who's who's like a Japanese ninja, and like he trains them in the art of ninja. And mm-hmm. there's one point that comes up where the kids almost get. Kid, someone's breaking into their house or something like that so the kids do a bunch of pranks and ninja moves and either way I remember loving it as a kid I was watching with her and she was kind of giggling laughing at it and it still holds up so <laughs> if you're about you know mid 30s late 30s pick up three ninjas it'll still hold a special place in your heart yeah it's fun to go back and watch movies when we were younger mm-hmm. with kids today and it's funny to see like their reactions like oh this is a good movie I'm like yeah yeah you <laughs> like, know all right it. Yeah, because I remember, like, say, you know, our parents wanted to watch, you know, movies that they would watch, like, in the 60s or whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is stupid. (laughs) I'm like, I don't like this. Well, a lot of movies that my parents and, like, aunts and uncles watched, we probably should, like, they were watching, like, Animal House and stuff. And, like, like, I shouldn't have been watching these movies when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. All right. And we go to our next match up here, and it's some Madison Square Garden matches. The first one up is... Tito Santana versus Ravishing Rick Rude. This was a match that should have been better, I thought. I wasn't, it seemed like they were mailing it in. Maybe it was just a house show. It should have been a little better. Yeah, I was actually impressed with more of like the the 
fluidity of Tito Santana and his moves. I'm like, this guy's really good. You know, then I was thinking about Matador and all that stuff. And there's always got to be a spot in one of Rick Rude's matches, it seems. Like, Rick Rude is, like, kind of crawling out of the ring. Like, he's got halfway out of the bottom rope, crawling mm-hmm. on his hands and knees. Tito walks up, grabs his tights, pulls his pants down, ass in the air. <laughs> and whoever was on commentary is like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Stan Lane or something. But uh, okay, I, the one thing I did like about this match, though, was Rude selling. So Tito was kind of working his Rude's abs and ribs. And then Rude would mm-hmm. try to do like his pose, like his swivel. And he'd be like, oh, I can't do it. My ribs hurt too much from getting beat up. So it was, it was, that made me kind of chuckle. I was a big yeah, he, he, that, that That's his thing. Selling? Like he tries to do, well, no, I'm talking about like he tries to do his hip swivel. He's like, oh, I can't, my back hurts. Oh, my ribs hurt, you know, because trying to sell the the pain from the match. Mm -hmm. And the next matchup after this one is Teddy Biasi versus Jake Roberts, which it seemed like they hyped up a lot on the tape before this match, kind of like this was the main event. Glad it wasn't. And Mm -hmm. this was your classic good guy, bad guy match. And they had a lot of your classic spots with Virgil getting involved and the snake being involved. Um, before the match started, Lord Alfred Hayes, so Lord Alfred Hayes calls a photographer ringside oceanic looking, which seemed kind of weird. He's like, where do you think he's from? Mm-hmm. Spain? <laughs> no, probably Japan. I was like, is it is Lord Al? <laughs> Lord Al be a little like kind of borderline racist here? Like, I get it was like different time, but it was just kind of weird yeah. that he said that called him oceanic. I was like, that's kind of well. There was there was a lot of stuff that they said innocently back then. Yeah, that was like you know, kind of wouldn't say that today. Like I remember uh, Monsoon always saying, "Oh, he's getting the old Pearl Harbor job." You know, like Jeez. attack from behind. <laughs> No, he would say it, and, you know, I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, the Pearl Harbor job. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm in for that. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, a reference, it wasn't a reference to any, like, Japanese wrestler doing it to another. It was almost like any time, you know, a bad guy would do it to another guy, like, from behind or whatever. Did you ever get... Attacking it from behind. <laughs> did you ever get... Besides the DX suck it or anything, did you ever get in trouble for repeating anything you saw or heard on wrestling? No. Okay. I'm trying to think no. if I did other other than the suck it because because I was old enough to be like the attitude era where you know it wasn't like I I was anywhere to get in trouble like I kind of understood yeah but even like not to say things yeah even like this this stuff here you know I mean this is the popcorn machine all that stuff I mentioned <laughs> <laughs> never get one of our friends uh, Mark Caruso listener friend of the show <laughs> my favorite story he told is when he did the suck it sign in his eighth grade class picture. Yeah. And like they caught him, made him go to every class and apologize for it. Oh man! Because <laughs> like the best part of that story is he's like they took like twenty pictures, and of course they picked <laughs> the one that I did the suck inside it. Yeah. Hey man, attitude era was wild times. If you weren't telling your teachers to suck it, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. Tell them down there. <sighs> and I I, I like all the these old, memes. the old uh, NWO crotch top. And there's all these like funny like things on Twitter and memes and someone was like mother F from school saying you can't enforce mask. Mother efforts told me I couldn't wear a chain wallet. You can enforce this stuff. <laughs> you can wear a damn mask. He's like, it's like, they, he's like, they enforced not wearing uh, I think South park t-shirts. I'm like, yep, that's true. And someone was like, someone told me I couldn't wear my Bart Simpson shirt to school and all this other stuff. So it just, yeah, I, had to, I had to turn my Bart Simpson shirt inside out one time. Did it say hell or something on it? Um, I think it said, don't have a cow. Oh, that's nothing. And, I know, but it was uh, junior high. Yeah, it had to have been junior high. So it must have sixth, seventh, or eighth grade is when South Park became big. And mm-hmm. I remember my buddy Brandon was the first one to get a South Park shirt. It was a, it was the, it was the oh my god he killed Kenny shirt. 
And he yeah. wore it to school, and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. Where'd you get it? I think he got it like Ged Zooks or something in the mall. And uh, <laughs> slowly, like, word got around the school, and like everyone was wearing South Park shirts, and everyone had the, oh my God, he killed Kenny or the Cartman shirt. And I wanted to be different. Uh-huh. So I wanted to kick the baby shirt with Kyle kicking his little brother. So yeah. I, and like my mom was like, I'm not getting you that shirt. So of course, but my sister got it for me for Christmas that year. However, uh-huh. by the time I got it for Christmas at post Christmas break, South Park shirts had been banned from school. So I only got to wear it in the Aww. weekends. So I didn't get to show off my cool, different shirt, my kick the baby South Park shirt. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Not even an inside out. I do remember one time this was in high school. This girl I was friends with, she wore a shirt and it was a 7-Eleven logo, but it said 420. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> like our Spanish teacher goes, he goes, you have to turn that inside out. She goes, why? He's like, do you really want me to tell you why? He's like, come on, what, what are we doing here? Just, just go, go to the bathroom and turn it inside out. And she tried to cause a scene. He goes, and he was trying to be cool. He's like, look, I don't want this to be a thing. He's like, just, you know what it means. I know what it means. Just come on. What are we doing here? And eventually she did. But I'll never yeah. forget. She was trying to like play innocent. Oh, I don't even know what it means. Yeah, okay. That's why you bought it. That's why you're wearing it. Yes. Anyway, back to Ted. Gotta make a statement. Back to Ted versus Jake. I love the post-match thing here when they both kind of, Jake throws the snake bag in the ring and Virgil and Teddy run down the aisle. However, Jake catches Virgil and the crowd just Just grabs him by the, by the, by the seat of his pants. Oh, the crowd goes nuts and he throws Virgil back into the ring, gets the snake all over him and poor Virgil, but. Good for him, too, for getting that huge pop from the crowd. That's what a heel should mm-hmm. be. It was awesome. So for me, at the beginning of this match, just seeing Jake backstage, you know, he's got a snake, his music. I'm like, man, I, I loved his music. I don't know why it was so basic, right? Yeah. But I just loved it. And I started thinking, like, this was, like, my premier Hasbro match was always Jake Roberts against DBS. Okay. And... It, that was the match. Like, whatever it was, they were in a tag match against each other. They were a singles match. They were in cage match. Like, whatever match it was, you know, there was always, like, Jake and Ted. So I don't know if anybody has their, like, go-to matches from their Hasbro fig feds, but, I mean, that was mine. I think my go-to was Hulk Hogan, the Hug Hogan, and uh-huh. um, it wasn't Warrior. Who was it? I'm looking. Hold on. I'm going to look down my Hasbro's. Uh, Undertaker? Yeah, that's what it was. Hogan Undertaker. That's what it was. Because I would always do, my always finish would be, Hogan would win, but my finish would mm-hmm. be Hogan putting Undertaker in the tombstone. Because he could do that oh, with the Hulk hug. Yeah. Because, okay. Because, you know, he would Not kick the it. the Hulk hug. He would, he would, Undertaker would choke slam him, and Hulk mm-hmm. would Hulk up, kick out, and he would do the tombstone. Of course, of course he'd clothesline Hogan a couple times. Yeah. Let us know, guys. That's a good question on Twitter. What was your go-to match? What was your if you needed to draw a house in your Hasbro Federation? You, you need to know <laughs> what, what's your main event. What's going to bring people in from all over the country? Eric's mm-hmm. got Ted DiBiase versus Jake the Snake. I have Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker. Who won? Was it a back and forth well, battle? Or was it always Jake winning? Well, I did have, okay, so I had Hogan Undertaker. I, I made the list of this stuff. So I had Hogan <laughs> Undertaker, Jake DiBiase, Rude Snooka. Okay. Uh, Dust, Dusty and Macho King. I mean, this is probably stuff I've saw, seen on TV, and I just wanted to, like, reenact mm-hmm. all this stuff. Or, or maybe take things further, or have someone else win. You know, just my whole imagination is the best part of toys. Uh, but those were mine. Demolition and Rockers, those are the two tag teams I had. If I wanted to, it would be Akeem and Boss Man back together again as Twin Towers. But, you know. Awesome. If you could go back to any year of your life, would it be those Hasbro years? Yep, and I yeah, and I'd get more. 
and I, I'd get, get them two all. of them and I keep them in the card. package. <laughs> yeah. I would order like 27 of those Hogan mail aloys. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were you so, saying? The more you're uh, thinking? You were saying the more I'm thinking? No, the more I'm thinking, like the more I was watching this stuff, I'm like, man, then I'm thinking I'm going to go on eBay. I'm going to start buying all these Hasbros back up because I remember having them mm-hmm. and I was looking at the series. I'm like, I had that one. I had that one. I had that one. And I never lost any of the little um, accessories. Yeah. Like I didn't lose the barber shears. I didn't lose the snake or all the other stuff that people had. And then I see them on eBay and they're missing. I'm like, how do you miss them? How do you, how do you lose them? <laughs> you're, you're mad at these kids playing. Like, oh, respect your toys, damn it. I'm like, where, where the hell is the two by four for Hacksaw? <laughs> like, oh, it doesn't have it. Then I don't want it. Yeah. You're a lousy child. <laughs> you I, I was the raised next to segment respect my toys is, and, and value what I had. Is Tony Schiavone, the, the Tony Schiavone segment of talking to fans all over the world. And this is just camera crew talking to fans before matches in the arena. Mm-hmm. This is just some gold gold stuff here talking to these fans in 1990 uh we've got some of the highlights my favorites the the group of bros like hogan bro yeah they've got all their stuff on uh, they're like they're in their like mid-20s like they're going to the matches <laughs> to get liquored up and drink some hams or some pbr or some old styles and just get destroyed hams. <laughs> hams and just and just drink those beers down and cheer yeah. on the hulkster and all that stuff um there's one kid. I, lo- I love the guys. They're just like, they're actually like cutting promos like they're wrestlers. Yes. I'm like, man, this is cool. And then the one kid, uh, he likes the way the Ultimate Warrior wrestles. And then behind, mm-hmm. he's in front of the merch stand. I'll hit pause. I'm like, look, I'm like, ooh, what do we got up there? We got the Hulk Rules shirt. We got the Piper shirt. We got the Warrior shirt. Got some posters. Like, t- hey, turn around and buy all that stuff and put it in a box. You're like, what, what would your answer be? Like, if they say, what do you like about, or who do you like, Hogan or Warrior? Oh, I was Hogan, 100%. But what like, would you say? Oh, I would say. Well, what do you What do you like about them? What do I? Yeah, they kind of like pressure these kids. Like, no, what do you like? I need details here, pal. <laughs> I would say that I like how he always wins, and I would like how strong he is. I like his theme music. I just like yeah. his his hulking up. That's what I would like about him. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that too. I would go Warrior, and the reason I mean his music is so energetic. Uh, he gets me all like charged up. Like when he comes out, and he's just like like a wild savage out there just shaking the ropes and clotheslining people and his neon uh, fringes flying all over the place yeah and then there's a couple more things uh they go (laughs) i did i did write something dirty at first but then i'm like i can't say that on the podcast okay good (laughs) well now you have to no i wrote it down to be funny but i'm like i don't don't think people are gonna think this is okay 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 (laughs) and then with the next question of the fans is compare hogan to the warrior and the one kid goes, you can't compare them. He's like, if they wrestled, it would just be a draw. It'd be a draw. It'd be a draw. The time, time would run out. And then another girl predict, says that Warrior should give his name up because Hogan is ultimate, not him. So she's like, yeah. there's, there's a lot more. Yeah, she was, she was, she was uh, like a normal wrestling fan. Like she was just laid back and just letting it go. Everybody else is cutting promos and getting all jacked up over it. There's a lot more Hogan fans, I think, on this. They try to keep it 50-50. Uh, there's one guy, my favorite guy, then he's cool. And like everyone else is kind of like, yeah, whatever warrior. Yeah. Hogan. One guy's just cool and calm explains it. He's like, here's the deal. Ultimate warrior mm-hmm. is the future of wrestling. And that's just it. You got to accept it. He's just like telling everyone it's what it is. And then my biggest surprise was the guy in the anthrax shirt was a Hogan fan, not a warrior fan. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. I figured he'd be a, a rock and warrior fan, but he wasn't. Yeah. Um, 
I did, I got to go back and look at it, but I wonder if there's the age differences. Like if you're older, were you a Hogan guy? No. And then the, the younger kids were. Maybe. Maybe. That's true. That's a good point because you, you grew up with Hogan. You're going to stick with Hogan. This new guy's not going to yeah. come take his spot. That, that's a good yeah. point. They I, were probably more aware of you know how untalented Warrior was. But, it, I mean, the kids, we love the energy. It, it stinks. I did. It stinks now because like with the internet, if they did something like this, everyone would just be ridiculed and mocked and called marks. It's just. They're just fans having mm-hmm. fun, going to the matches and getting to be on TV and, and put on the spot there. And I think, could you imagine, like, they did this, and, like, it'll be on a future Coliseum video, and you're, like, hunting to see which tape it's on. You're renting it over right. and over again, wondering which one it's going to be on. And I wonder how many they interviewed and it didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the cutting room floor. Get me into the archives. <laughs> put that in the, on the Peacock arc outtakes of interviews with fans <laughs> guys swearing guys drunk all that stuff <laughs> give, give me give me that stuff that'd be awesome girls talking nasty about wrestling <laughs> <physiques. laughs> like, I, I can't i can't i'm gonna i don't want to i'm not evaluating no, i can't next matchup we see the tugboats debut his debut match they call him tugboat thomas he's doing drop kicks he's they doing, did yeah I, doing, I didn't hear that part. He's doing flips. He's and also I noticed, dude that that drop kick was freaking awesome. So <laughs> he I'll, just does like a standing straight up, falls on his back drop kick. This was that was a Daniel Bryan American Dragon Bryan Danielson drop kick. He did there. Yeah, it was. The thing I noticed about him, this must have been early tugboat because his pants didn't quite fit him yet. They were definitely too small for him. Mm-hmm. But he gets the win over a jobber to to kind of push him. So that was kind of interesting. They said, okay, he's going to be yeah. a next guy. Let's let's push him out here and on this Coliseum home video. Yeah, I remember Iron Mike Sharp as being one of the jobbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I I forgot how ridiculously crazed like Neanderthal he kind of was. Just like this grunting, like big brute, like charging. And yeah, I don't know, just over grunt, over talking. Yeah, <laughs> it was just gross. I love it. All right, and now we have the main Tuck event. Tugboat Splash. Yeah, but now we have the main event. And the main event. This was sorry. the reason for the tape. This was it, it the reason I uh, loved Jake, this tape. Jake and DiBiase? No, the main event was Hogan and Beefcake versus Macho King this. and Zeus in a steel cage. I didn't know this at the time, but obviously going back, you do know this match was part of the movie and the match on pay-per-view, where if you could order on pay-per-view, no holds mm-hmm. barred, and also you would get the match after of Beefcake and Hogan. And I think I have this, like the actual pay-per-view broadcast that's somewhere in my archives of stuff, but that was the original thing. And so this is the first time I'm seeing this match ever as a kid. And I'm like, you've got all these mega stars in a steel cage. Like sign me the F up. And yeah, this was such a good match too. It was. And it, I wish it was longer. It was really good. And could you imagine if you if you're a kid going to just a show, you don't know what the main event is, and all of a sudden they start setting up that cage, and Macho King yeah. and Zeus and Hogan and Beefcake come out, you'd lose your damn mind. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um... Oh man, I can't even like explain. It. I guess for like 1990, for now it's a whatever match, but mm-hmm. you know, going back in time and stuff. I mean, this was like a really big deal, and I I I loved it and. Hulkster and Brutus are tag teaming, and and Sensational Sherry. Just this whole like story was was great. Yeah, and this is the end of Zeus as we know it in the WWF. Here he kind of gets tossed to the side of this match. I think Vince even says it. Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura are on commentary, and there must have been something going on with like a cable battle between WWF and 
the cable companies at the time because they keep mentioning how, oh, you're going to get shut out if you don't call your cable companies. You won't, it'll be a tragedy if you don't get to see WrestleMania 6 or the Royal Rumble or, or whatever it was. But that was just kind of mm-hmm. weird that was left on there because, again, this was originally on pay-per-view, so it makes sense that they're talking to people watching on pay-per-view. Make sure we can cut a deal with them so we can see more wrestling pay-per-views. The match starts off, which I think a brilliant way, where they're both trying to get into the ring and Sherry and whoever smash Hogan's head into the cage and they drag mm-hmm. Beefcake in and lock Hogan out. So to start the match, Beefcake's getting little two, two, on, little, two on one. A little two on one action until Hogan awkwardly climbs up and over the cage <laughs> to get in. <laughs> and I could see why they had to make these blue cages for the big guys. Could you imagine Hogan climbing like a hell in the cell or like an NWA cage? Hell, hell no. <laughs> how, how far do you think he would get up? <laughs> like one rung? Doesn't work He'd for me, go brother. through the door. <laughs> Doesn't work for me, brother. He could have went, I mean, I guess he could have went through the door. It's not like the thing was padlocked. It had a little, yeah. like, little turn, like a, I don't even know how you explain it. Just like a little latch lock type thing. Yeah. But the match goes back and forth. The crowd's into it like crazy. There's a lot of big bumps. And there's one point where Macho King does a back body drop, but he lands in between the ropes and the cage and like almost lands on his head. It's hard to describe. Mm -hmm. The crowd is losing their mind the entire time. And at first I thought, okay, they just kind of added crowd noise in post. And they might have a little bit. But if you watch the crowd, they're all standing and cheering the whole time. It was awesome. This is a big deal. You got Hogan, Savage. I mean, top two guys mm-hmm. before before Warrior comes in. Yeah. So Mach- I mean, those are your top Macho two. Macho even and, bleeds in this match, and yeah, he got hit in the head with a the chain that wrapped around Brutus's hand. Yeah, and he went to go jump off I, the cage. I think, he didn't. He missed. Yeah, but he I, went I think, to jump. I think how this really like pops off is is Hebner is on the outside by the cage door undoing the. Um, the the lock yeah. the the chain sherry just comes up behind hebner pulls the door so hard against hebner's face then that's just when all hell breaks loose she yeah. takes the, the the chain gets it to savage and they're just going back and forth and, it's it's yeah and i mentioned not stop from that i mentioned i wish it was longer but again it makes sense being a pay-per-view follow-up to a movie you don't want it that long you just sat through this cinematic masterpiece of no holds barred <laughs> and then you get to watch this match you know you you don't want to make mm-hmm. it too long you want to get it started hot and don't don't yeah. mess around and they don't eventually brutus climbs out which jesse ventura rightly points out that was a stupid idea because now it's two on one however brutus eventually drags out macho king so it's one-on-one hogan and zeus and then brutus wants to go in to help hulk hulk says no i gotta do this myself then he proceeds to leg drop Zeus three times for the win. And then he doesn't climb out. He makes sure everybody sees him pitting Zeus one, two, three mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone knows he's the man and Zeus is gone and everyone's happy. And that's how we end the tape. But my goodness, one hell of a match. This is a clue of the match of the, of the tape for sure. If you say so, I'm just kidding. It's, is, it's really good. This is better than your, <laughs> is that, what's better? We got the Bushwhackers versus the Bolsheviks. What, what do you got? What's nothing, gonna top nothing, this one? Nothing, nothing is better. This is the best one. It is. And even you as a non-Hogan fan, but you've gone back and you've changed your mind over the years on the PPW podcast. I have. I have. You're Of right. the Hulkster. Of the Hulkster. So I wasn't sure what the rules were. I thought the rules were at the beginning of this that both men had to get out of the ring for the win. Mm-hmm. But Beefcake gets out. Then Beefcake goes back in. Hogan says no, but Beefcake stays in the ring. Hogan gets the pin and it's a win. So <laughs> I, I just went with it as a kid. But the more I look back at it, I'm like critiquing it. Like the, the the chain that Sherry gets, why does she have to climb all the way to the top of the cage, dangle it over so Savage could get it? She could just stand it, stay on the floor. You know, it's all for the crowd. <laughs> Don't worry about it. 
I would say just don't worry about it. They'll, they'll figure it out. No, no I'm saying they did. She, I, I think they did all that for the crowd so they could see just all the action. So okay. she's just not standing on the ring. Nobody could see her or standing on the floor. Nobody could see her. Yeah. All right. So we watched this, this Coliseum home video. What would you say? Recommended for people to check out? Um, not really. Oh, even well, how about recommended, but in the background? Recommended in the background. Yes. You don't need to take yeah, time. I'll give it that. There, there are, there are a few standout segments. I do encourage people to watch. Clearly the, the meeting the fans on the concourse is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Heenan manager segment and the main event. I'd say those are three solid. So we've got about in this two hour tape, there's about 40 minutes of solid stuff on there. It's not bad. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's about right. It's not bad. You know, some of the Bushwhacker stuff is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the gene with the Bushwhacker stuff is definitely fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, the, the matches weren't bad, you know, they were just long. So, you know, I kind of, I would just say kind of skip to, I mean, if you can, I don't know how Peacock works with you can fast trying forward. to find it. Yeah, yeah, it's <clears> kind of, I just mean like it, like it used to be, you could be able to time right. it and see the ending of a match and go to that whatever on the network. But yeah, just kind of go a little bit further. And I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in the wrestling matches. It's just too long. It is, but the, ma- like, the matches are too long. Like you get a, again, 40 <clears throat> minutes and a two hour tape isn't bad. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's fine. And it's, it's good nostalgia and it's good to get you back, get your juices flowing, your Hasbro's memories flowing. Go check yeah. it out. So l- let us know a couple things. One, what you thought of this tape, if you watched it Two. Did you watch it a lot growing up? And three, what was your go-to main event in your Hasbro Wrestling Federation? Let us know on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You could tag Eric too at Positively underscore Eric so we both know what's going on. We both see it. Can't wait to hear all the interaction with everybody. Uh, and that's it for this week's show. Before we wrap up, as always, want to shout out our podcast buddies. We started off the show talking about wrestling figures and stuff. Let's shout it out to the boys over at Fully Posable. Scott and Jeff, they interviewed Steve Ozer. You could check out the interview with him talking about the back of the arena type of thing and talking about the cost behind it and what everything went into it and why it's so important. There's also a lot more fun interview or conversations with him. So go check out the interview with him. And also they do a show each and every week. Follow them at Fully Posable. Our friends Eric and Barry over the Doing the Favor podcast put a show each and every week uh, talking about sports, talking about trading cards, talking about wrestling, of course, and sometimes junk food as well. Follow them at Doing the Favor. Our friends over at the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Arguably one of the best wrestling podcasts out there, period. Uh, Retro especially, so go check them out. And also subscribe to their Patreon for all their old wrestling retro reviews at OVP Podcast. Our friends over at the Raw's Nitro podcast, Lee out there, does it in Australia. Been doing it for a few years. We're due for uh, another show to do another crossover show. So I'll touch base with you sometime. Maybe end of summer, early fall, we'll do something with Lee over at the Raw's Nitro podcast. And our friends Breaker and Bane, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Uh, Breaker also does a show called You Know It's Fake Right, which is interviews every week. So check that out. And finally, our friends uh, Daniel Spencer, the Ringside podcast. They do a show every week, a lot of impact stuff, a lot of uh, local wrestling I guess local because it's OVW, Ohio Valley wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, speaking of local wrestling, Justin Summers and the Wrestling Cheers podcast do a lot of Cleveland-based uh, AAW wrestling stuff. So check them out as well. And I always forget someone. If I do, I'm sorry. But I, I don't know. Just It's a lot of stuff. I got to start writing down you, the podcast show. You cover show a lot. I do. I'm a, I'm a very covering guy. Um, <laughs> really appreciate everyone listening to us and supporting along the way. And just continue to do that because that's the most fun. Uh, doing this show for the past four and a half years or so is just the interaction we've gotten with everybody and the fun we've had from starting this podcast not knowing what it was going to be to what it is now 
it's been awesome and really enjoyed everyone interacting with us and getting all the memories out there and making you guys think of things you probably haven't thought of in 15 to 20 years, sometimes longer than that. I know that's why Eric likes doing this show. That's why he keeps doing it, at least. That is why I keep doing it. All right. Well, you got anything else before we wrap up? Anything you want to push or plug? <laughs> go, go back back to the arena? <laughs> yeah, let me uh, go back to the back in the arena. <laughs> but by the time you hear this, you're not going to gonna be missing out on no, the No, you're not. <laughs> no, because if you listen on Friday morning, Hey, if they download and they listen to it on Sunday, it's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this on Sunday. No. Like, oh, I already missed it. But you can still back through in and get out the other stuff too. So we'll, we'll see where we're at. <clears throat> the Mattel Creations, go ahead and check that out back through in. If you can't afford it, do not feel bad about that, please. I know some people have kind of commented like, I can't afford this. I feel bad. Don't feel bad if you can't. Or if it's just not for you, don't worry about it. I think it will be cool to see, and it opens up a lot of possibilities later down the line. Yeah. All right, Eric, anything else from you? I think there's just one thing I want to ask you. Like, sure. Do you have a favorite storyline right now in wrestling? Um, I really like the stuff going on in AEW with Kenny Omega and the Elite versus kind of figuring out where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like last night, they talked Christian Cage is facing Omega on Rampage for the Impact title. And Hangman Page got his title shot taken away from him. So I'm just kind of curious if they're going to go back to that or if they're going to stick with Omega versus Christian at all out. It's it's I don't know. It's interesting. That's my my big thing. I, th- I think that, that I story. think that is the match. It, it is. Uh, it is. But I wouldn't be surprised if it gets changed. Like let's say because like they're doing well, they're doing Christian versus Omega for free on TV. Yeah. So why would I pay for it later? Like that doesn't make sense. Maybe they're going to change it up again. I don't know. Okay. What about you? My favorite has to have been the just the downfall of Baron Corbin. Yes, I love a- watching that. He he is so good yes. at just being this disheveled, depressed, unshaven, shirt stained loser. Yes, <laughs> and he wants to borrow money, and it's like all I needed to get me by for the next couple of days. What do you, what do you need? A hundred thousand dollars. It just gets his ass kicked all the time. I don't know if you saw, I, I re, reposted the, the thing that he did backstage about yeah. him just walking in and the, the, to do his job at the, at the arena and the guy won't let him in. He doesn't recognize him. <laughs> and he thinks he's going to get money for this TikTok video. He's like, hey, Baron, we're not paying you for this. He's like, what? I'm not getting paid for this. He throws a tantrum. It, that is my favorite Friday highlight. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'll Corbin. look forward to watching that on SmackDown <clears throat> this week. So that's good, too. So we always talk about retro wrestling gear and vintage stuff. But we we like current stuff, too, and we want wrestling to succeed and be healthy for many, many years and decades and millennia to come. So mm-hmm. we love wrestling here because in 20 years, people will be doing retro wrestling about stuff going on right now. We might be included. <laughs> we are. We're the retro retros. Sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Eric, thanks for coming on. Remember, follow yep. us on Twitter at PPW Podcast and subscribe on Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, your favorite podcast app, and share with a friend. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.